welcome to the Zorn Sports Podcast. Today, join your hosts, Braden and Alan. And today we're going to be starting a bit of a, a new series in uh, the Zorn Sports Podcast where we're going to be looking at kind of similar to how we did the Roberto Clemente podcast and talked about how he was the first Puerto Rican baseball player. We're going to go through the different international leagues here in the United States and discuss the first players from around the world and their impact on the league, their culture, and how it's influenced the sport that they played. And well, we're going to get started with uh, a little basketball today. I'm talking about Serbia and Lithuania. So let's get started. Alan, let's start with just how you doing. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been pretty good. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of classwork and some homework, yes, but pretty much it's all taken taken care of for the week and and yes and then pretty much um we got a, my wife and i just got a pup a puppy a very cute puppy uh, his name is keanu and if you're asking yes we named him after after keanu reeves i'm actually a huge fan of his and and yeah he's been a handful lately but other than that i'll say this he's such he brings a lot of joy a lot of energy and and that's all you can ask out of a puppy. Just bring a lot of joy. That's that's the best way that you could, the best thing you could ask a puppy to do. And and the weather's getting a little bit colder, just a little bit. But other than that, it's been going good so far. Now, you live in Texas, so colder for Texas is what? A five-degree difference? <laughs> uh, a little bit, yeah. Right now, it's like in, I would say like in the 70s, mid-70s right now. Mm. So, and then once November hits, then I won't have to worry about the snow until December when I visit my in-laws in Idaho. So, so at least I'll have another experience with it, but just once. So it's all oh, good. Oh <laughs> man, you're missing out. It can snow any time up here in Idaho. Well, I know that. Yeah. It's a major that. Uh, debate going on. I hear there's a betting pool with some people about uh, when <laughs> it's going to snow. <laughs> so we're oh, keeping our eyes me. up for that and getting prepared. I got to get my snow tires and oil changed here for before the winter gets onset. So, which for Idaho could be any day yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, it could. Just be prepared and go from there, you know. So, all right, you know, speaking of being prepared, you know, let's, there's a lot of things that we've prepared for today. So let's jump, dive right on in. And let's talk some basketball. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, um, like looking at basketball and obviously on the project we did, um, like it's become a global sport. Like it has become, I would like the second most popular sport to play after obviously soccer and, and it shows how the game has grown, but how the game has grown it, it is, it has really become very like, it's been very interesting, but also like it has even, for instance, changed the style of how basketball is played. And that's why uh, I want to bring into what's the, the Eastern European block, like the Yugoslavia Soviet Union block, especially two that we, you just mentioned, Serbia and Lithuania. 
And I'll break it down briefly. But Serbia, um, when it was the Yugoslavia, like it obviously composed of what's now Serbia and Croatia and other and a, and also a lot of small countries in the in that in the Yugoslavia region. And the big star at that time was Vlade Divac. And those who don't know, uh, he is he is a center. And how he played the game, or actually should I say how the team played the game, it was very, very sharing the ball. If if you if you could if there's a team you want to compare it to, you could compare it to the Lakers of the 80s with Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem, how they pushed the ball, fast break, and brought a show. That's how they played. And Vladi, he was the key component. And being a center, when you think about it at that time, your job as a center is, I'm going to put my back to the basket and score in the paint. Vladi thought differently, where he would push the ball, he will be a point center. And that's what changed the complexity. Even for like American players, like, oh, like I have to get out of the paint. I can't defend there. I have to get out and guard this guy. And that's what he did. He would push the ball and distribute it. And that actually, when he got to the NBA, well, it was an adjustment. But because of that, you would see later how the game is being played now with you have centers now hey you can bring the ball up up and down the floor coach won't care for not even a, a single bit yeah it's pretty impressive you know but different styles of play are always some of the things that players leave behind when they in any sport um i think more so in basketball especially with just how it's not even the same game it was, you know, when you and I were, you know, younger and playing it at, as kids on a gymnasium floor. It's a way different game now and how mm. it's played. And I think part of that is just all the different countries that have started to be represented in the NBA, especially. Yeah, definitely. And even um, one of the teams that he was in, and I remember the most, was the Sacramento Kings. And by that time, because of him being there and the success he's had, he opened the floodgates for not just Serbian players, but also like players on the Eastern Europe to like say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm coming. Like, for instance, one of them, Tony Kukoc from Croatia, he, he ended up playing in perhaps one of the greatest dynasties in the NBA, in the Bulls. And it helped how it, it helped the Bulls get several rings because of it, one of him adapting to the play style, but also him providing an edge that the Bulls were looking for. And so at the time, Vladi, when he was with the Kings, it was basically a little bit of what he was when, when he was on the Yugoslavian national team. A lot of half-court offense. He was the best passing big man what you think about it, a big man passing, that's no way. Now it's like, oh, it's it's an advantage. It's a skill you want to have. And especially if you have athletes that like to attack the rim, 
oh, good luck with that. Good luck stopping that. And and you you could even see it now. Like for instance, you even in your own neighborhood in Denver with Nikola Jokic, he brings that Serbian identity, like as a big man. Like I'm gonna bring the ball, I'm gonna bring the ball down to the court. I'm gonna make plays. You give me the ball in the post. I am going to make plays, basically. Like, yeah, I'm looking to score, but also, most importantly, I'm going to find my teammates. Whoever, if you're cutting to the basket, I'm going to find you. Just be ready to catch. And that is the the identity of Serbia. Like, looking for the right man, precision passing, and also, like, if you're a big man, you're – your duty, I would say, your your skill you have to develop is passing, especially passing in the low post. And, you know, you can always correct me if I'm wrong, but especially in basketball where it's so fast-paced, much to, like hockey, you know, yeah, if you get a fast break, yeah, you can go, you go for it. But passing is such a, a monumental thing in the sport where if you're not accurate in how you pass or very skilled in who you pass to and the way you lay it all out you can have the game swing just like that and next thing you know you're you're down at least two points if not three yeah yeah absolutely and and yeah that's how he that's how that's the serbian identity and it all began with vlade and and that Yugoslavian national team. And also, like, even though he never got to win a championship, but how he played made a lot of impact in, in Europe, particularly in Eastern Europe. And, and really, it, it, just, it just even impacted the American game where as a big man, yeah, I can score and all, but also if I'm going to also be effective, let me find my teammates and be have them ready to shoot, have them ready to just be prepared to score. And that that really made the game more fun to play. Like, hey, sharing the ball, like seeing others score, not just yourself. And that's what got the that's what got basketball to evolve. And and even for instance, not just the European players as like Oh, they're soft guys. Like they play a soft game. No, like they bring some toughness. Like toughness that you may, you may, you may not have seen. But, but yeah, like and even I would say like the role that the civil the civil war in Yugoslavia played, it was huge because they got to see a lot of they they saw a lot, lot of loved ones being killed. Loved ones losing their homes, their jobs, but that toughened them up, and that served them for a long time. And, you know, with them being so influenced, I guess would be the word I would say, with the Soviet Union being right there of, you know, every country they had their flaws, and the Soviet Union for sure was no exception. And so one thing that they did do was – was inspire many to to sports and especially basketball i remember in a class where we were learning about eastern europe and their culture one thing that we learned about was how 
many buildings in the Soviet Union were gymnasiums where they would just sit there and play basketball. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's fun because one thing we've mentioned many times on this is podcast, especially is just how many times sports can actually bring us all together. You know, people say it'll tear, it tears everyone apart because of rivalries. And, you know, that could, that's partly true, but once it's all said and done with that game, we don't care who you support. We just, you know, it's it's the moment of that game. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned it, and and yeah, that's the Serbian identity. And you just mentioned as we transition, we will talk about another nation, but also that it was in the Soviet Union, which is Lithuania. And this will surprise you. Lithuania is. The only country in Europe that the most popular sport is not soccer. The, the most popular sport in Lithuania is basketball. And you could go back to like obviously the Soviet Union and a lot of the best players from that golden Soviet Union era were from Lithuania and especially two in particular. One, Sarunas Marcellionis and Arvida Sabonis. And those two guys, unbelievable. Like, Vlade, he was pretty good. Like, he was great. Sabonis, though, he was at a different level. Like, he, like, if I can compare him to someone right now, uh, he... He might have been a combination of Shaq and Kevin Garnett because he could be dominant in the low post, but also he had a jump shot that was king. And, and also his passing again, like it was basically Jokic before Jokic, but better. And, and so like, Though they broke away from the Soviet Union in the 90s, Lithuania, how they got their team, like, they basically had help from a rock band. And just from there in, in Barcelona, they took off to win bronze for three straight years. So it just goes to show with Lithuania how basketball, it's like, that's the sport you play, have at it. And... And go at it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, like, there's so many things that sports do. And I think one of the main things is they they teach life lessons. And, you know, they they inspire people. You know, we we can look on many stories. And I think as we find, the more we learn about these players that we go through, like these these players that came in, to the NBA from Serbia and from Lithuania and Latvia and all these different places will learn just how they inspired not only their country and changed the way their country viewed, you know, maybe the U.S. or even basketball, but as well as how we in the U.S. view those countries now as well. Yeah. Like now they're not like they're not view, viewed as oh they're they're just 
they're good because the competition in Europe was pretty good, but not like in the NBA. But talk about they've been able to adapt the game here in the U.S., but also have the U.S. adapt to how Europe plays. It's just it's a correlation of both, and and that's what both both of these guys did. But how they both got into the NBA, it took them it took them a couple of years because obviously this was during the Cold War, where the Soviet unions were Soviet Union were like, we're not sending our best players over to the U.S. That's not going to happen. But obviously, during right by the late '80s, early '90s, that started to change, and Marcelionis was the first guy from what was now the what is now Lithuania to make the jump to the NBA and it could have been a perfect fit where he went, which was the Golden State Warriors. And at that time, Don Nelson was the head coach and his, his style of play was basically, we're going to push the ball. We're going to score as much and score a lot. And he fit his style perfectly because of that. And the success that he had, it even allowed a lot of Lithuanian players to be like, hey, you know what? I, if he can make it, I can make it. And, and that's when it skyrocketed. Sabonis later came in, and he had a decent career in Portland. And you saw the flashes of it, but the biggest thing that prevented him was injury. Having, having injured his kneecap, which was severely hurt, but... He was still productive, but Sabonis, if you ask anybody in in Lithuania, and I've seen, they would say he's the best that they've had. And obviously you see his son playing, DeMontis. He's playing for the Pacers. And, and yeah, he has already been an all-star, so I think he could have a better career than his father. And, and yeah, the Lithuanian tradition going, like if you look at both, Serbia and Lithuania, their big man is their their identity of the big man are you it's about skill in the low post, have a 17-foot jump shot, and also be able to pass as a big man, whether it be in the paint or outside of it, and always be fundamental. And that that really it shows how how tough they play. And even you look at their Olympic how they finish in the Olympics, they're always in the top four, Eastern Europe, and that's what's going to – and it'll, it could continue for a long time. Yeah, for sure, because, you know, the sport will only continue to grow in popularity, and people are going to continue to play as, you know, these stories get told, and especially as more and more people learn about – the sports past and how it's influenced the game and it's influenced many different things. I mean, you know, sport globalization and sports, it's led to a lot of different things. And like, yeah, the, you know, you'll always face prejudice, you know, as we discussed with Roberto Clemente last time, but like uh, what's so inspiring about these stories is just how these people overcame such prejudices and, and inspired their nations, you know, the next generation. You know, we have 
that father who played in the NBA and now his son's playing, you know, like that wouldn't be possible were it not for his father and doing the things he did, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, like Eastern Europe, how they've, you could say all you want about Eastern Europe, but as I learned about Eastern Europe and, and one of the classes I took, like you start, you appreciate the history that they've had, like the contribution that they, they've done, especially like the game of basketball. Like now it's like, I'm amazed at that. Like, hey, this is a style that you could win. This is a style that you could have success, you know, and, and even grow. And even it just brings the fundamentals of the game, makes it like beautiful, brings the grace into sport and and yeah you could add the toughness and all but when you also add grace in the toughness it just it just makes for more beautiful basketball and and even makes players think oh i can do that i'm a seven foot guy player and i and i see vlade divas or nicole Jokic now dribble up and down the court can I do that? And then obviously the answer is going to be yes. And they'll start practicing that. And you know the same practice makes perfect. And you see a generation, one player does it, everybody else will start doing it. It always takes one to make a difference. And it almost always takes one to pave the way for others, regardless of background or what they go into, you know, like, there's all, it's always mm-hmm. going to be someone who just takes a shot. No, no pun intended. I mean, we're talking about basketball here. So, you know, they they have to take that shot and just take the chance and say, hey, but I got a talent. Yeah. I want to use it in this arena. Let's show the world what I can do, you know. Like, forget the Olympics, yeah. which is always a fun, fun experience. But – I want to play in the best league ever and I want to be the best in that league, you know, like it always takes mm-hmm. one to say that and almost with a defiance, go and do it, you know? Yeah, it really does. And, and I really like, there's a lot you could say about it, but Eastern Europe, like they'll always continue to develop players they'll always continue to develop the identity of of basketball and Serbia and Lithuania they've all, they've led the charge already and obviously you have Russia in there Latvia fin, like obviously Finland and Scandinavia but Latvia like but Serbia and Lithuania they've they are the the bearers for a long time and now even you look at another country like Slovenia they they're starting to catch up to them as well little by little but Serbia and Lithuania like their tradition is set they there's no negotiating there's no uh sugarcoating anything you you're in those nations it's a, it's all about winning and winning with their identity and with their play style no questions asked yeah, and, you know, regardless of where you're from, culture will always impact 
you and how you view the world. Um, especially when you're going into a foreign place. I mean, we got to remember these Serbian players and these Latvian players and these, these players, they just came from, you know, places where the sport is vastly different when it's played there compared to how it's played here in the States, at least at that time. Um, and so like the fact that, you know, it wasn't the same, they had to kind of make adjustments to that. I mean, the court sizes are different, the hoops are different. So they had to make adjustments, but once they made those adjustments, they showed that we can, we're still elite, no matter what type of court you put us on, we'll still play, we'll still show up and, uh, we can, we can beat the best of you. Yeah. It's all about adaptability, all about, okay, I'm in a different setting. I'm going to adapt to it, but also I'm still going to do what I want, what I do always. And, and like I said, it's you're adding more to your skill. You're adding more as a player. And that's all you could ask. Like just you add more and, and even – and even when Vladi started, he started with the Lakers. And at that time, that's when Magic was starting to decline a little bit, somewhat. But they still had that style of pushing the ball up and down, passing. It just fit perfectly like a glue. Marcelino is the same thing with the Warriors at, in the, at that time. Like having a coach who's a, who was unorthodox, who, he thought different. And just let it roll with it. Let the ball roll. And, and they became, for several seasons, one of the highest scoring teams in the NBA and a constant playoff contender. So, so yeah, it also comes down to, like, the fit. Like, how – if you bring in players like that, you got to make sure that your the system and the coaching style meshes perfectly. And if you get – if you have that as check marks – then they'll be successful, not just individually, but also in in the team concept, they'll become a better team. Yeah, it's, that's very true. I mean, it not only does it take that player to say, hey, I'm going to take a shot, you know, it, it, gives, it has to take someone that says, hey, we like what this guy can do, let's give him a shot. You know, it wouldn't be possible mm -hmm. without those owners, those GMs who were like, hey, we see something in this kid. And we think he can fit. Let's give him a shot. You know, like I've been Ooh. following the the NHL draft lately, and you know, there's you know, there's players that I wish my I, with what I understand of the team I follow, I wish they took. But you know, I don't always as a fan, we don't necessarily know what those people are thinking once they get into the draft room. And yeah. you know, the same is true here in in this case. You know, we. At the time, people would probably people in in the NBA world would probably go and, you know, what are they doing? Like these players, they they had a reputation of not being able to keep up in the NBA, proceeding, you know, them coming in and being like, hey, uh, that's not the case. We can do this. So it's 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 you know a two way street here. You know, there's got to be someone that says, hey, I'm willing to give it. Take, it, take, take a shot at this. Is there anyone willing to pass me the ball and give me that chance to shoot, you know? Yeah, 
Absolutely. And you know, the more people you have as GMs thinking that way, then the better. And and that's how like you find success. You you just take the risk and and go from there. And and even the advantage of it, if you look at all of these players that I just mentioned, they started playing pro basketball very early since 15 years old. If you think about that. And that brings an advantage. Like you've you've played in the highest levels of Europe. You know, you know how basketball is, like it's tough, you expect contact. And and yeah, like it, it's pretty much adapting to the circumstances. And that's why now if you look at it like even here in the US today, yeah, you're you playing college, but the disadvantage of it is like you don't have opportunities to play against guys who have played pro already. And I think that's that's something that I wish we could adapt, like just have opportunities or like academies where say the Boston Celtics, they have a Boston Celtic Academy, develop that, develop young players, give them experiences. And then from there, go nothing but up. And that's why these guys, when they came, adapting to the NBA was like, oh, it's just a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. I mean, relatively speaking, because, you know, it, it always takes time for adjustment to, to actually happen. But, you know, it, it did mm-hmm. happen. And it's a tribute to those players and the style and the experiences they had with the sport throughout their entire lives, you know, and, you know, baseball's done that for sure with how they've had different academies in what and Latin America, you know, they Puerto Rico and all these places where they've given those players an experience with baseball. You know, that's why we see so many Hispanics and Latinx players in baseball today, you know. So it's because teams were saw talent and opportunity and so they put they went there and went just gave people equipment to start playing. And I'm not entirely sure of the history of basketball in Eastern Europe. That's something I need to look up more. But the Soviet Union, they, I don't remember how they were introduced, but they were introduced to the sport and they built the gymnasiums all over their, the union, you know, in Russia and Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, you know, and Ukraine, all these places. Just, just, and was like, here you go, have some fun. Yeah, absolutely, and and you you see that in the U.S. as well. And but it's just like I said, like the more opportunities you get to play against better competition, even within your own background, your own backyard, then the better it is. And you see it every day. And that's why, like how Serbia and Lithuania did it, like. It's just incredible. That's why when I watched those games between the U.S. and Lithuania, like if you did by 2000, it wasn't like, oh, they lost by 40 points or 35 or 25 points. They like Lithuania lost by five or 10. Like it, it's, it's close. And, and it's a, mo- a lot of it is just because they closed the gap. They saw 
I got to invest in, in basketball. I invest in the players. And if I invest in them and give them time, then they will develop into not just what, and what we as like coaches see, but most importantly, invest into what the players can become and what the potential can be. Exactly. I mean, you gotta, in, in athletics, you just gotta have someone to believe in you. I mean, it's important to believe in yourself and have your family believe in you too, but when you have a coach or other players or someone you can look up to that believes in you too, like, it just mm. allows you to grow even more and rise to the occasion. I mean, it sure helped these players when they came over. They knew that they had, you know, a whole country believing in them. They knew that they had their families believing in them. They also knew that they believed in themselves, but they also knew that there was someone in that organization believing in them too. And that's what allowed them to come over and sh showcase to the world essentially what they could do. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that. And really, I don't know what else to say about this topic, but like other than the fact that these two will will continue to lead the charge in Eastern Europe and and really continue to really set the standard into how basketball is played, how the style of playing and and really like you're going to see a lot more players from those regions and thrive and they'll continue to thrive. And, and really they, they bring, they bring a lot to the game. They bring like even charisma into the game. Maybe think, Oh, Eastern Europe, they're known as cold and all, but to be honest, like I watched some of the interviews by uh, Jokic, he brings a lot of charisma into the game and, and that's the good thing. Like the more the more charisma you bring, then people will they'll like you. And I know he's I know like even though I'm a Celtic fan, but he's actually one of my favorite players because like as a someone who plays his position, like I I just love the way he plays. I just love the competitiveness and also how he how he just loves to elevate others. And that's the lesson right here. Like elevate others, elevate your team. And, and that's, that's what matters. Elevating others, not just on the court, but also off it. So that not just you can see yourself having success, but also when others are succeeding as well, it just creates an environment where everything's going to be okay. And I can succeed. And be happy not just of my own success, but the success of my own teammates. Exactly. And I think that's the next topic we could go into right there is kind of the legacy these people, these players left behind, you know, just, I mean, we've been hinting at it all, all this time, but I think what their legacy is, is the impact they've had on the game. I mean, they brought their style of play into the NBA but they updated the NBA and then they brought that style back into Eastern Europe and it's changed mm -hmm. the way Eastern Europe plays their game too. I mean, there's, you know, just like we have a FIFA for, so 
for soccer, we have a FIBA for basketball, you know, like yeah. some of the best te teams, you know, they have a Champions League just like they do in FIFA. There's a, the Champions League with the best teams all over Europe playing against each other. The same things in yeah. in the FIBA and, and like some of the best teams are from Eastern Europe. There's like three or four from Russia alone, you know, so like, and I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of those Lithuanian players or Serbian players that not only play for their national teams, but if they got a chance, they'll play for those teams too and then come over, you know. So it's all a matter of yeah. they, the style of basketball that they play has now influenced how the game is played all over the world, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So, you know, like, I think, you know, we, you know, this is, this is going to be a fun series that we get into, you know, we're, we're going to be talking a lot about this type of, you know, history and this type of legacy. I mean, that's something we've always enjoyed doing on this podcast is mm. learning about the impactful moments in history. You know, we, we talked about the 1999 U.S. women's team. We've talked about the dream team. We've talked about Roberto Clemente and how he came over into baseball. You know, we've talked about modern sports. And I think, you know, yeah, we, you know, we're modern. We talk when we, we talk about modern sports and it's on a large part due to the fact that, you know, it's, it's happening right now. So it's relevant, but it's also, in part in the thanks to players like mm -hmm. these two we've been talking about, you know, the, the players that came over from Lithuania and Serbia, because without them, you know, the, we might, you might not be as a big fan of basketball, you know, like the style of basketball, you know, is a lot different than mm -hmm. it was when they came in. So, yeah, it's going to be Absolutely. fun to say the least. Yeah, it will be fun. So I think, you know, I don't know if we got much more to say about this, but what, unless you got something to add, what are we going to, we can. No, pretty much. I don't know what else, like I mentioned, I don't know what else <laughs> to say, but it was, it was a great topic uh, that we talked about. And, and obviously the blueprint is there. Like you see it every day, like their, their style of play is, it's like, now you see it pretty much everywhere, well, not just in the NBA, but all of Europe, Asia at times. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, and I think we're going to continue with this basketball because there's a lot of international players in basketball. I mean, we got Greece, we have China. So, you know, which which country do you think we'll be covering next time, Mr. Allen? One that we can talk about basketball in China because – Basketball there in China, like it, it is, it ha it's like a powder keg. And, and really like the need, and I was talking to my wife about it, the need for basketball coaches is at an all time high because it's just so popular that, that like if you get kids to teach, that you get to teach basketball at an early age in China, then you could create a golden generation and lift them up. So China, I would be a great topic 
to start and especially talk about Yao Ming and the great impact he has had as far as like the NBA investing a lot of money in China, but also it has come with some controversy, which we will talk about that in, in our next episode. Sounds good. Alan, you might want to start learning uh, Mandarin to get over there. <laughs> we might, yeah, a little bit. I might, yeah. I've, this is something my wife and I has talked about. Hey, I, I've tried, but but you, but you know, like when you have when when you have roommates, a roommate that's from the area, like, and you're trying to learn it, and you botched it, it just gives them a com- comedic relief, and I, I really do miss that. <laughs> For sure, that's a uh, you know. I think we'll say goodbye for now to our podcast listeners. You know, yeah. we, we've seen a lot of growth in our podcast lately. I don't know if you, I've told you that yet or not, but like, Oh no, it's, it's actually really exciting for us, you know, to see just how much we're growing and it's all thanks to you guys who are actually tuning in right now and listening, you know, like it gives us hope to continue doing what we're doing. And, you know, it's, it's been wonderful. You know, it's, we talk a lot about legacy on this podcast, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see the legacy we leave behind as we talk about others' legacy, you know. We just spent a ton of time talking about, you know, Jokic, the legacy, you know, he's having right now and he'll leave behind, you know, as a modern player, but uh, the Serbian mm-hmm. and Lithuanian player as well, what they did and what they left behind, you know, we spent time talking about them today. So it's, legacy's a, been important to us here in uh, Pineapple 22 Media, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's very important. I think the more people turn in about to legacy, then you'll, you you see the why of things. Like the more, like now when I watch sports, I think about that. Like, okay, why, why are they playing this way? Why this or that? Or like even when right now with the Lakers in the final, like, and how, when they played Denver, I saw, okay, why the Lakers had to play a certain style against the Nuggets because they know what Jokic could do. And so that's why they had their style, but they're like, okay, we're going to use it against it. And so it's a lot of thinking when you watch sports, which is now the approach that I've taken lately when I watch a game, just think of, okay, why are they playing this style? And, and you figure it out, oh, it's because of this, because of that. And you connect the dots, like, right away. Yeah, the way I view baseball, and especially hockey, is not only as I've learned more about the sport being kind of a newer fan mm-hmm. to the sport, but more so just learning more about the history of the sport always in, enhances your viewing experience. It gives you, yeah. like, you know, playing it always enhances your viewing experience. Like, as a baseball player, I'll notice something that, mm-hmm. you know, a, a casual fan or just a regular fan who follows the sport won't notice because, you know, I'm I've, I'm on that, that dirt, you know. Or as mm-hmm. a, you know, as a basketball player, you obviously will notice a lot more on the court than I would. Yeah. And then a hockey player Absolutely. will notice more on, on the ice than we would. So it's all... You know, and then you add in the fact that as you learn about players' legacies, uh, where they came from, who they are, how they impacted the sport, it's 
mm-hmm. it changes everything, you know, and it, it actually gives you hope for a better world, actually. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, it is. And I think that's the message for today's episode, I would say, because, you know, like the these players, you know, they they started playing in the Cold War, you know, like there, yeah. there was not much hope going on in the world, you know, like threat of nuclear disaster almost every day like you know kids and and at least in u.s schools i don't know how it was in eastern europe european schools so if we have a listener from eastern europe email us at pineapple22media at gmail.com and give us uh, uh, some info on that but you know at least on the u.s front kids would would uh, do nuclear bomb drills almost every day kind of like how we do fire drills in the u.s yeah you know? like i mean i don't know how they thought their desk was going to protect them from the nuclear blast but they would just crawl in under their desk and cover their head and all mm-hmm. these things so it's you know there wasn't a whole lot of hope going on it <laughs> so it's important yeah and it's important to have hope and you know when these players started coming over from the eastern european block or but it, which is also the former Soviet Union bloc, they they gained a lot of hope that disaster could be averted, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, circumstances played a huge role in, and yeah, you take advantage of what you get, and I would say both sides really took advantage of it. For sure. Like, I don't think the world today would be the same were it not for the bravery of the, these two men when they came over to the NBA. Just I don't know if it'd be the same. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also hard to say. You just we just don't know, you know. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, Alan, we're both in college and we both have a ton of homework. <laughs> we should probably uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll probably end today's episode there. Um, you know, if you guys have any topics you guys think we should cover or within the sports world, you guys would like to hear us talk about. You know, as the you know, we'll give a quick shout out to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning who won the Stanley Cup just last week. You know, like, congrats to them. They have tons of international players, and we'll talk about them when we start talking about hockey. But, you know, quick shout-out to Tampa for winning the Stanley Cup, one of the hardest trophies in all sports to win. You know, Yeah, pretty much. Congrats. So I'm sure as time goes on and as the finals will wrap up in all the major sports, I mean, MLB's in their playoffs. As Alan mentioned, basketball's and NBA's in their finals, so we'll finish off there and, you know, but if you guys yeah, got topics you want to talk much, Yeah, it was pretty much Friday. We might have a new champion. Hopefully that's the case. So. But yeah, as, sorry for cutting you off. But yeah, if there's any free topics, any topics you want us to cover. Send them in. You shoot us an email. Send us an email, message us on social mm-hmm. media. Um, but yeah, so we'll end it here. Alan, looks like you might have to go soon. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So uh, 
we won't take too much more of your time though but uh it's good seeing you and it's good to hear from you let's uh yeah good good to hear from you too let's get this uh yumming episode ready for the people and we'll record that as soon as right, we can sounds good. We'll, we'll get that going but basketball in china will be our next episode all right look forward to it everyone stay safe out there you too